Welcome to The Design Diaries, a podcast for creatives, freelancers, and business owners looking for candid conversations and real advice. I'm Melissa, self-taught designer turned freelancer and now studio owner, here to share my experiences and help you reach your goals. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited that I am back with another episode. It's been a decent amount of time since my last one. I think that my philosophy now with the design diaries is just to kind of treat it like I would a journal and only record when I'm feeling inspired. And so I'm kind of doing away with this pressure to like release every week, which I know strategically for podcast creators, that is not the best practice, that it's better to have like a consistent schedule and then you'll perform better or blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I'm not really looking for performance. I'm really looking for like high quality um, content to be putting out onto this podcast. And so I'm not going to pressure myself to record if I don't have something that I want to talk about. And so if you are wondering, you know, what is with the sporadic kind of recording schedule, that is just what it is. Um, And also I've talked really openly about like my mental health on here, also about just ways that I'm trying to be kinder to myself. And one of those ways is that I'm not forcing myself to do things that I don't want to do when I don't want to do them. And so one of those things for a while for me was going on a podcast and trying to speak eloquently and trying to get my thoughts together when I felt like my own brain was scrambled and I couldn't even decipher what was going on for me. So yeah, that's, that's it. And hopefully that's okay with you guys as my audience and my listeners. But that is how I probably will treat the podcast moving forward. So if you want to know when episodes are coming out, since they won't be coming out on a super consistent basis, I would subscribe or follow this podcast um, and heart it, you know, if you're on Spotify. And it should notify you, I believe, whenever you get um, a new episode from me. And I would also follow us on Instagram at the Design Diaries Podcast. And that's where I'll be posting all of the announcements whenever we get new episodes. And it's also where I like to interact with the listening community more than, you know, via like reviews and and more formal and impersonal communication. But with all that aside, I am really pumped to be talking about something that I've been working on for probably like nine to ten months, which was my rebrand for the studio So for those of you who know me from Instagram, you probably saw all of those rebrand announcements, but if you haven't, or if you don't follow me on Instagram, please take a look at my new website, at my new Instagram, it's at ATN Design um, for both of them, and yeah, you can kind of see all of the work that was put in there, and I want to talk a bit about the process of that, just because I've done rebrands for countless clients as a branding designer, as a web designer, but this was kind of the first major rebrand that I had done since really starting my studio. I've gone through, I believe, like two websites before this final one that I've, I've arrived at. Um, I had one in the very, very beginning of my business that was off of like a Webflow template I had purchased, and then my second one I had developed and designed, but the branding was kind of the same since I've started um, until now. And so I had attempted rebrands in the past. I never actually executed them. So this is kind of like my first major, major rebrand where I redid everything. So reasons why I rebranded, and I'll do this really briefly, it was just really clear to me that there was a misalignment between my presence and my designs and also my aesthetic that was showing up on my Instagram that was showing up with my client work 
versus the aesthetic that you would see when you would go onto the studio's assets, like the website. And so I was really not pleased that I was having such a disconnect between my like formal business presentation and my informal business presentation, aka like my Instagram. And so I really felt like I couldn't live with that disconnect any longer. And I also felt that my design skills and my design eye has elevated a lot since I started, obviously, um, one would hope. And because I had done that branding when I first started out, which was, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, um, and I had done the website, you know, over a year ago, my web design skills, my um, typography skills just changed so much. And, and the types of design styles and layouts and, and usage of white space and all of that stuff just changed so much since I started and I really wanted my own identity to be reflective of that just because realistically like you only get five seconds to make an impression on a potential client and I wanted to make sure that I was putting my best foot forward so I knew that it was time to rebrand and I started playing around with the idea toying around with the idea last October or November is when I started reaching out to people to help me. So the first thing that I knew I had to get done was a new brand strategy and specifically a new brand voice with very, very clear brand voice guidelines. And so I reached out to a copywriter or a copywriting studio and I went with Ballet Season. They're wonderful. Lauren McCurry uh, runs it. She's amazing. And together we were able to come up with this concept of like a creative playground. Um, I recognized in my brand strategy that a lot of the misalignments came from me trying to pretend like I was older than I was or more like businessy than I was. Um, trying to fit into what I thought like an entrepreneur should act and sound like. And just over the years, I've really found myself as an entrepreneur knowing that like people like me and follow me and work with me because of my personality my outlook on design which is to be playful and I really lean into my youth I think as part of my business pitch and so I recognize that I think integrating this idea of a playground that something is normally quite like juvenile but also very free and young and then spinning it on its head and making it into something you know that I could make my own was was really alluring and I loved that process so the first step for me was doing a new brand strategy and then finding a voice for myself and in that voice kind of coming up with this like central theme that I could play on um and I love playing with themes I love using themes um that was something that my old brand was lacking so if you're familiar with my design course like the designer summer camp I worked with ballet season for that as well and I really really enjoyed the way that you know, I was able to execute the camp theme and it, it helped all the pieces line up together um, really nicely for that. And so I knew I had to do the same thing for my brand. So the first thing that I did was was go through that whole process. And so that took about two months from when I inquired with Ballet Season and when I w received my like brand voice and web copy. Um, I, had a rich, I had a different brand aesthetic, um, like a completely different brand aesthetic whenever I reached out to Ballet Season. I had done like a mini rebrand that I hadn't released yet and I had designed an identity, but um, after coming up with the idea of, of the playground, it just completely re-inspired me to do the rebrand again, to, to redo the brand design. And I think that's really where the inspiration came. So if I did the process all over again, I wouldn't have gone through all the trouble of, you know, trying to do a new um, branding identity plus like a new web design. Um, before doing the copy 
if I were to do it over again, copy first, like brand voice first, brand strategy first, which is interesting that I even did that in the first place in that order because whenever I work with my clients, that that is the order that I do. I always do brand strategy and voice first. So it's kind of interesting that I did it in the reverse for myself, but you know, you live and you learn. And so after doing, you know, two months of just just straight strategy voice work, I was really inspired to do the actual branding. And so January, February, March, I would say, is when I worked pretty diligently on the design aspect. So I took the voice, I took all of the materials that I had created and then I had collaborated with and then received from Valley Season and created the branding identity that you see now if you go and check out my brand and worked on that website design. So um, that took a really long time for me just because January, February, March is a really busy quarter for client work and so I was really dragging my feet. It was something that I had to work on kind of like, you know, in the after hours, midnight oil sort of thing and that was probably why it took so long. Had I been able to maybe take a full month off and just work on it, I probably would have done that. Um, and then also the emergence of, of Designer Summer Camp 2.0 really slowed down my timeline. So I had to start preparing for that in like April and May to release in June. And so um, the process for me did take nine months, not just because, you know, I wanted to make sure I was doing it right and all of that stuff, but just because it's really hard to work on all of these things in the background. And I think that that experience has definitely shed some light for me on what it's like for my clients because a lot of my clients that I'm realizing now do work other jobs or have a full-time job and this is their side hustle they're trying to get launched or you know they have other obligations that prevent them from just being focused on the brand so it made me also have a lot more empathy for um, my clients in terms of like getting deliverables to me getting assets to me things like that um, but that's a tangent that I, I can probably go on another time. But um, so it took me, yeah, three months to do the branding and doing the design portion. And I reached out to my developer from Austin Studios, Savannah. She's amazing. Um, and I reached out to her to then develop the Webflow site. And so I, I handed it over to her um, around, I want to say, summertime. So realistically, it took me like January to maybe like April, May to actually kind of get the execution done and ready. And um, just because too, I had a lot of cold feet about the rebrand. I had a lot of cold feet about the design just because it was so different from what I'd had before. And I was worried that, you know, what if I'm make so much hype and spend all this money and time to do a rebrand and then I rebrand it and people are unimpressed or people preferred the old branding like that would be really embarrassing so I'd say a lot of the delays were not only because of like scheduling conflicts and workload conflicts but also internal ones a lot of fear um that was really like the product of just my own mind and nobody else so in terms of the process timeline, that was the longest for me. It was just kind of getting over myself and allowing myself to feel really good about the final design. So Savannah worked on the Webflow website over the summer. Um, it was a really, really intricate website. If you go and look at it, you'll see it's like, it was a huge project, I'm sure, for her to be working on. And in the meantime, like over the summer, I just worked on um, everything else. So worked on you know updating all of my assets so 
that means like my client portal, my Dubsado forms, my Flowdesk emails, all of the workflows that I have, I had to redesign all of those things. Um, also redesigning my welcome guide, my goodbye guide, like all of my client onboarding forms, my pricing guides, um, just every single thing that was branded had to be redone. And so that took me basically the whole summer as well. And the last piece of the puzzle, which, you know, I don't think should have been the last piece of the puzzle, but it was, was my brand photos. And I had those done around end of July and through August. And um, it was honestly kind of a last minute thrown together photo shoot, which I do not regret because it did turn out great. I was a big fan of the end product, but it was kind of an afterthought. I was like planning on using my brand photos from the year previous for this. And, um, my boyfriend actually suggested, you know, why don't make this like a big thing? Make sure every single part of this rebrand feels right and aligned and exciting. And I was like, you're right let's do a new brand photo shoot. And so that was the final thing that I did um, before um, kind of wrapping up the whole thing. And so once I got the photos, I just sent them over to the developer, updated, you know, all of the photos that I was using for any assets. And then I created my branch, my branch, my tree, no, migrating my rebrand um, graphics to promote on Instagram and, and all that stuff. And, and that was it. So the process for me, as you can probably guess, was just kind of haphazard. It was not well planned. It was not really streamlined at all. And um, I'm really happy that I arrived at the place I did. I did think that it was a journey I needed to take, um, but that is definitely not how I recommend doing it. So this is the order that I would recommend doing if you are considering doing a rebrand for your studio or for your own business as a creative um, in order to kind of avoid the mistakes and also the major delays that I had. So the first tip that I would give is one, make like a plan. So I did not have a plan on like what I want to achieve in order. I didn't have a plan on like how much I wanted to spend, when I wanted to launch, all those things. And so first thing is just write out a plan. And I think it's best if you can kind of like tackle one thing per month is ideal. So if you're like, I'm going to dedicate, you know, let's say January to brand strategy and my copywriting, my brand voice. Then I'm going to dedicate February to the brand design and then the web design. And then while it's being developed, you know, in March, I'm going to get my brand photos done and then I'm going to work on all of my assets. Um, and then the website should be done beginning of April and then I will launch, you know, mid-April. And then you have a nice seamless three, three and a half month launch period um, or, or prep period where you are on task but also you're giving yourself a month for things that maybe normally take you only a couple of weeks because you do have client work on the side so that's what I would do if I were doing it over again also I would have all of your collaborators or people that you plan on working with kind of picked out searched for and booked before you even start that three and a half month period so let's say like your, your period of your prep is you know January to like beginning of April, I would start sourcing people and booking those things in starting in November. So in November is when I would, you know, reach out to maybe a couple of different copywriters you're interested, copy a couple of different photographers, developers, you know, making sure everyone that you want to work with is available and um, making sure that you're not rushing your decision. 
so booking people in November. Um, and then what that helps you do too is that maybe over December you can then be calculating, you know, okay, so this is how much it seems like it's going to cost me XYZ. And then you can prepare for your Q1. So that's kind of a, a cool um, timeline that I would, you know, really recommend doing. Even if it's, you know, different time of the year, doing that sort of preparation work is just going to save you a lot of stress and also a lot of delays that can can take the excitement out of a rebrand that, um, you know, you should have. So that's the first thing is just the planning. Another thing too is that I would do a lot of, um, I would say, inspiration collection before you even start your brand strategy, your um, brand identity stuff, and any design work is maybe like as you're sourcing developers and photographers and, and people that you want to work with, um, look at the work that they're doing and and see like, oh, does that feel, does that look like the type of work that I want to have done for my studio? So you're doing some ideation works and brainstorming work before you even actually like deep dive into your strategy and deep dive into your creative direction and all of that. So I think that that is a really good, um, good timeline. I could also see in another world, like if you wanted to present, you know, your collaborators with the direction you're going for, maybe that you do your brand strategy and you do your, um, your like creative direction, let's say like in November, then you take that, you book people for December, from December to early January, you're working on then your, your um, identity, your brand voice, and your web design, and then you're kind of on the same timeline there. So that is another way I would do it. Um, but in terms of how to go about planning for everything and, and how to let all the pieces align, I am going to be straight with you. I don't think there's really like a way for a rebrand to be stress-free. Like, I, I just think that the nature of something so big as a rebrand, there's going to be stress, there's going to be some pieces that fall through the cracks, there's going to be some moments where you're like, oh god, this is overwhelming, this is so much work, um, and that isn't to, like, scare you, but it's just to be honest and to be transparent that, like, I do this for a living, I help brands rebrand, and I myself did not necessarily plan it out perfectly and execute it perfectly, but it ended up great. It ended up great, and I honestly had a really fun time, even though it was nine months long. I had a really, really fun time doing my rebrand. So, um, yeah, it, beyond my advice of planning, logistics, and, and tips and all of that, my biggest piece of advice is just whatever your process looks like, and if it looks like mine, then, you know, so be it. If it looks like the idealized version that I, I just, you know, suggested to you, or if it looks like your own version, just enjoy it. It's so much fun to work on a project that is for you. No clients to be, you know, um, trying to please, to chase after work for work. Like, you are the master of the ship, and it's so much fun. There's so few times when we, as creatives, get to have that amount of control. Um, and I, I just really recommend that whatever your process looks like, don't get overwhelmed with the stress of it all. It's inevitable. Don't get too invested in trying to make it stress-free or trying to prevent stress because it is inevitable. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the process. Um, and I hope you enjoyed as much as I enjoyed my process. So kind of a all over the place episode. I hope this was really helpful. If you have any, you know, 
interest in taking a look again at my rebrand, please feel free. I would love to hear your thoughts. Send me a comment or a DM, and that's at ATNN Design and ATNNDesign.com. And yeah, I am really excited about the next two episodes that I have ready for you. I'm actually recording them today, so I can promise you some episodes um, in the, within the next two weeks. And they're about some things that are quite relevant to this rebrand, so hopefully it'll be helpful for you. So thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Design Diaries. We'll catch you on the next episode.